0: Welcome to our podcast. This is Tea Time with the Psychos.
1: Our vision for this podcast is to highlight mental health issues and topics while fucking shit up and enjoying
0: tea. I am Caitlin Keneally, a psychotherapist and licensed professional counselor by the state of Wisconsin. And
1: I'm Elizabeth Nelson, just a psycho in training and a mental health advocate. Thanks, Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to episode 10.
0: We've made it this far. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yes
1: yes 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 shout out to my mom who's listening at work what?
0: <laughs> 10 down 10 more to go um so today's topic is trauma yes okay um I would consider myself to be a trauma therapist mm-hmm. I would also mm-hmm. consider myself to be a trauma-informed therapist mm-hmm. um and so today uh what Liz and I are going to talk about is kind of breaking down what the heck is trauma yes. right and how it affects all of us and and different
1: things like that um so i think it's important that we do break this down though because i feel like it became this hot topic word mm-hmm. that then like almost essentially engulfed this bubble of like only people who fit this mm. even though there's so much more research and knowledge out there about like the wide range of trauma that a person could experience and so like not to discount anyone's trauma and how they experience those things and how that affects them could be similar to someone who has experienced a whole different trauma Mm -hmm. but right they're exhibiting those same symptoms but i uh, that's how i guess i personally feel is that when trauma-informed practices became this like buzzword and was something that everyone needed to be trained in or needed to take a course in it really I think like honed in or allowed people to hyper focus on just like our very traumatic experiences that someone could go through such as sexual assault or DV or childhood abuse Mm -hmm. like I feel like it then kind of was that but a lot of people experience a lot of other trauma right that has the same effect on them mm-hmm. so that's why I think it's important we talk about it
0: right so trauma is at its most simple definition any event beyond a person's ability to master it at the time okay mm-hmm. so the reason I like that is number one it's short sweet and to the point and yeah. what I think it encapsulates is how diverse trauma can really be you know um oftentimes when i'm working with patients they are exhibiting signs or potential signs of uh, PTSD or different things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. I try to start with like acute stress disorder because that's more minimal stuff. But they often think that they don't qualify for it because I'm serious. The number one thing people say is like, well, I wasn't in war. Yeah. Right. Like all those different things. So I feel like there is this misconception that only people who come back from war um, have trauma, which is not the case. Although they absolutely can. Yeah. Um, trauma is so many things. It's it's small enough, right? It, it can be one thing, or it could be fifty things. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So how they break it down, which is kind of controversial in our field Um, they say big T trauma so like major events um, serious accidents natural disasters those types of things and then another category is small trauma Um, so um you know often uh you won't have flashbacks to this but it could be abandonment like, yeah. stuff and you know, so it's it's further back but the thing is is that some people need this label small versus uh big or you might not right yeah. so, it, so whatever fits for you like one person could have multiple smaller traumas right and it may not affect them due to resiliency environment genetics all of those Relationships. we just don't know yep. mm-hmm. but though that person who had a bunch of small ones could also have a major one that could rock them as well so yes. it's fluid the the thing about breaking it out like that is I think it helps chunk it out for people that aren't necessarily in it all of the time mm-hmm. but really just recognizing that we've all experienced trauma in some way shape or form and that it's affected us in some way shape or form as well yes. I think it's just really important yeah and it doesn't have to be those major events no and how many times am I talking to people about, like, when their family went through a divorce, right? Yes. That could have been traumatic for one of the kiddos and then maybe not the other ones, yeah. right? And so it just affects people differently. Right. I
1: was thinking, like, the death of a pet also can oh, be experienced mm-hmm. different ways amongst um, people in a family um, or even within a community. You know, the loss of a store or, you know... A right. community member that might not have been super close to them, but was close to them in some other way. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: well, and prior to this pandemic, people might some people might have said to you, well, I've never experienced a trauma. Well, now we are living in a collective trauma, meaning we're yes. all experiencing it on some level. Yes. So I think it's important to understand that no matter what, this whole thing has shifted people in some way, shape, mm-hmm. or form. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> um, that we went didn't might not have had the ability to master at that time. Yes. So maybe you don't understand the systemic effects at the moment, but something has affected that. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, collective trauma. Yeah, I know. I <laughs> honestly did not hear that word until now, and I think back to like, um, before I moved to the more southern area of Wisconsin, I in two thousand three was when I first was trained in um, trauma informed care, mm-hmm. and then it appeared to be more of like a buzzword here when i moved here Mm -hmm. which was maybe in 2017 then okay and it was so strange that like they were like well we're now starting to train people in this like Mm -hmm. this is super important you know but then where i was working in 2013 it was super important more north and so it was just a strange thing because i don't know i don't know enough about trauma-informed care where that stemmed from, you know, what part of the world or what part of the U.S. that it started and then trickled through. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think now it's kind of covered everywhere. Mm Which I think is good.
0: Yeah, I do too. Absolutely. And I don't look at trauma informed as a crutch. I look at it as a tool that you should have when you're in these environments, when you're in these situations. It's not supposed to be a complete out for somebody that they get a pass because they have a trauma history. No, but we have a better recognition, we have a better understanding from a a clinician standpoint when we can understand their trauma and potentially their triggers, their symptoms and all of that. Well,
1: I think it's their symptoms. It's yeah. like the the biggest thing is like if you understand somebody's symptoms mm-hmm. you're such a better communicator with that person because that person's in trauma right which we can talk about mm-hmm. which is the limbic system and all of these things right like that someone's not going to be able to recognize like you as the person on the other end of that need to recognize that mm-hmm. and be able to efficiently and effectively communicate with someone that whether that's verbally or non-verbally mm-hmm. in order for things to like come back to a sense of homeostasis Mm -hmm. like that's what I always took trauma-informed care but yes I do think that when people who who hear about trauma-informed care and maybe haven't had the ability to practice it on a routine basis can make that assumption well we're just having this crutch for all these kids in school or we're just having this crutch to you know make the person who might be using a sort of substance in order to you know mitigate a symptom that they're feeling constantly like Mm -hmm. it's not an excuse it's an understanding right
0: absolutely and good point on the whole symptoms because oftentimes people who've survived trauma might not remember the specific memory Mm -hmm. um so it is really about recognizing the symptoms of that when did it start why are you experiencing those types of symptoms um along with the triggers (laughs) that can be associated um with some of those uh uh symptoms. So do you want to talk about symptoms?
1: Yeah, let's talk about symptoms. I think that that's good because I think people I think we can get hyper-focused on anything, right? Like, Mm -hmm. oh you can this, you know, back to your PTSD you know, like what does this look like for someone who has come out of combat and does have um, this significant trauma that they are expressing in all these ways and those aren't just the only ways. Mm -hmm. Um, I was going to touch on that. I can't remember... And I thought that it was a good stance, um, but it was obviously someone who was advocating for um, combat veterans. And like, you know, us adding PTSD to the DSM-5 was very helpful, Mm -hmm. or the DSM, but then like, did it take away from the fact that we needed to spend more energy and time understanding that like us training these individuals to go to war and training them to kill and all these things that psychologically have a lot of damage to them Mm -hmm. on their way out and that you know somebody who maybe experienced hurricane katrina could have ptsd as well but was that taking away and so i don't remember that time of year it was but that was kind of like something i was reading about often of like we can't lose focus of combat veterans but i think it's switched now Mm -hmm. like you were saying to like no you can have it other places because now it is something that we can
0: recognize yes and
1: all of those things and be mm-hmm. billed for for insurance and right yeah
0: yeah and so a lot of times uh common symptoms if it is ptsd um would be like nightmares or flashbacks sometimes insomnia anger outbursts um, withdrawing from people uh, could also be like hypervigilance uh, difficulty concentrating sometimes it will lead into self-harm suicide ideation um, fatigue panic attacks mood um, fluctuations some things that we don't often see but the person um, might um, is thoughts that no one can understand of what's going on like this has just got to be me something's wrong with me mm-hmm. right um, like so when people have a trigger and it could be a smell it could be a flashback mm-hmm. it could be a loud noise it could be a bang it could be some um, some people like when they hear cars go by who uh, and they've been in a car accident or those different types of things so sometimes uh, it's a personal thing that happens right and it can be hard to explain and I can't necessarily Necessarily see that from somebody unless they tell tell me that. Mm-hmm. Um, there can also be you know a warranted and yet an unwarranted amount of fear, so it can be debilitating, like not being able to leave the house, not being able to go into yeah. certain stores. I worked with a detective one time who um, couldn't like knock on people's doors. Because they had to deliver such traumatic news to people all the time. So, like, walking through a door was a big deal. And yeah. something I would have never thought about before, right? Because I'm mm-hmm. not uh, in that 24-7 um, until you learn that that's what it is. Um, uh, thinking that, you know, the, uh, most people are dishonest or not very loyal, not trusting, yes. right? Um, mm-hmm. Can also be part of that. Um, so, working through those things, yeah. Um, you know, afraid, like abandonment, rejection, all of those things could have happened very early on in life or later on in life that could thus then lead to um, trauma symptoms. Um, the belief that you're never going to be safe. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to constantly or could be in fight or flight mode. Mm-hmm. Um, dissociating is another really, really big one. Um, uh, and then like shame and guilt and worry, um, excessive things, uh, excessive worry or fear. I yes. Would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think that people, right, some things are going to be greater in some people and right. then not. But I think that it's important for people to understand who have experienced trauma that, like, you're not the trauma. Right. Like, the. The trauma, and you. I can't remember what quote you found, but right, it's where you're gonna say it later or now, <laughs> whenever. But right, that it's it's a. This is your body responding mm-hmm. to maybe you not having processed this or not even understand that it's something to heat that you need to heal or process from, and so like it's just being able to identify those triggers, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, without talking too much about it because I don't know a lot about. But did like the detective realize that, or was it in a conversation with you that that was like oh, yeah, this is what I'm struggling with.
0: Well, when you're in, you know, work mode, you just do it, right? But mm-hmm. then upon retirement and those different types of things, oh, okay. when you can't go through a door, right? Well, what's yeah. that about? Where does that come from? Yeah. Right? And when you're not walking. So, again, um, that's kind of how it was okay. discovered.
1: Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. So that was just, like, my initial thought is that, yeah. like, Yeah yeah because if it is part of work because that's where maybe your trauma is happening on a routine basis yeah
0: lots of jobs lots of professions have very traumatic let me tell you um i'm working with this other person right now who has to you know they're part of uh, responding quickly to different things and like imagine being exposed to the stuff they're exposed to every night um, and and so very traumatic right? Yeah. Um, And oftentimes people won't seek help until later right? They don't want to appear to be weak or they don't want people to know or they don't want the stigma of mental health but it's finally when they kind of get to their breaking point that they actually come in for services whereas if we could reverse the stigma and just acknowledge that okay you live or you work in a traumatic environment let's just own it right yeah let's let's get you the help now and
1: there's so much research just on how the brain functions Mm -hmm. under trauma right like how you know what I mean that's where sometimes it gets me like you know we have these professions and we employ people in them Mm -hmm. routinely but yet we don't. That's not a service that's just provided. Well, even
0: think about our field. So as clinicians, like we're trauma-informed, we have to also be very cognizant of secondary trauma. So secondary trauma is taking on the patient's trauma, right? And so with that, you have to, as a clinician, you have to have very good boundaries, um, self-care, really working through it, and you have to take care of yourself beforehand and afterwards. Otherwise, you could take on their trauma, Mm -hmm. which when you're trauma. I'm a therapist uh, like I am I mean you hear it all day long you know yeah. um, so it's also a thing there but I guess there's research out there too that clinicians <laughs> don't get enough therapy as well yeah right, if they're not open to it because of the stigma of a therapist going to a therapy you know so it's yeah. kind of like this double-edged sword like here we are advocating for it but even within our field there's lack of it
1: yeah mm-hmm. that's true yeah and i don't know i think we'd not to get too far off tangent we've talked about it before but like right a therapist has got to have a damn good fucking therapist call <laughs> people out on their <laughs> bullshit because you definitely can play the system right or like not say too much or you know so but yes yeah, so, so trauma symptoms are things that Right, You just need to, you can be aware of. And then once right. you're aware of them, and that's why I always think journaling is super big and right. you know important before someone even were to start seeing someone.
0: So trauma is not what happens to you. Trauma is what happens inside you as a result of what happens to you.
1: So yes, and so symptoms. that, yep, and that's understanding like adrenaline, that's understanding cortisol levels, yep. that's understanding then how your body can process those because technically at a certain point they are toxins to your blood and different things like that and so i think that that also is what people forget but it took me until i was how old right and it's not a trauma experience but it's just like understanding when your hands get sweaty or we talk about mm-hmm. like where do you feel this in your body yeah. and knowing that like there are different places that your body does store these things yeah absolutely yeah so We talk about trauma as a symptom, but what causes those symptoms are usually triggers
0: Mm
1: -hmm. or the trauma itself initially. Right. So um, there can be the one trauma and then the symptoms happen, or there can be the one trauma and then repeated triggers, and then those symptoms continue or continuously happen or will happen then when those triggers occur.
0: Sure. So what a trigger is you might not be aware of it um, but it's a reminder whether that's on a conscious or an unconscious level of the past event right so you may not remember some of it at the time but all of a sudden it floats back up yes <laughs> um often unrecognized um comes in all shapes and sizes mm-hmm. um they really elicit that threat response those symptoms in you um it can flare up a chronic disease um it can again you're typically in fight or flight mode when these things happen um um, it's based on unresolved trauma right so oftentimes if you you might not have even realized you experienced it and now you're having all of these symptoms so it's go back it's going back to kind of resolve those um may uh you know healing triggers can help and then healing trauma helps chronic illness um, yeah
1: that's another big thing like mm-hmm. the chronic like autoimmune things that yeah. come along with trauma mm-hmm. because your body does store so much yeah. like that is just you know i don't know i was reading a whole article and i didn't get to all the resources um to see if it was true but talking about like hips and that like your body actually stores a lot of its trauma or stresses in mm. your hip and so sure. people with and then that's where they were talking about like how yoga is so beneficial and sure. doing hip opening exercises and different things but obviously your trauma can be stored anywhere mm-hmm. um and then not only does it cause chronic illness but sometimes when you've experienced trauma or you're having these triggers again Mm -hmm. um it affects your language and your like motor skills to speak. And Mm -hmm. so that's where that like freeze comes in. Or sometimes if you're experiencing these symptoms and you go to someone like Caitlin, right. And you're talking and you're just like, I can't put a word to it. Mm -hmm. Like you can't because that part of your brain is being blocked off because you're re experiencing this. And so it's like giving yourself grace that maybe at this moment in this time, I can't express to you in words Mm -hmm. what this means. And I think people forget that when they experience these triggers Mm -hmm. or like the person who's watching you experience it or near you wants you to have this explanation and you may not at the time. Mm
0: Yeah. Um, Another thing that happens too is that people will start to heal, right? And then when their body feels like they're in a safe place, right, then the memory comes back up. So not even just the trigger, but then they'll be like, well, Caitlin, I've done all this work. Why is this stuff still popping up? And it just means that there's still some unresolved issues in there. But now that your body, so I just think of a couple of my domestic violence patients, right? Like Mm -hmm. now that your body's in a safe place and now that you're, you know, you're relaxing, it wants to get this out because every time we don't process something it doesn't just have to be a trauma every time we don't process an emotion yes. <laughs> or anything um it what i say happens is we bury it right and then all of a sudden it comes up like a volcano in ways that we're unfamiliar with yeah
1: and um, let me tell you it's 2020 <laughs> fucking one right let's start processing all these emotions jesus christ <laughs> that's where i'm at yeah purge it out yeah that's what i uh yeah i definitely agree mm-hmm. yeah like it just i it It has so much negativity to everything that Mm. could ever happen in your life and I think that then when trauma survivors don't realize like Mm -hmm. that then it's I think it's the learning to process the stuff that really starts the healing yeah with trauma but then it's also understanding like in my present day I might have some freaking emotions I need to process today Mm -hmm. because if I don't I'm gonna store them right and that just adds the layers on the things that have happened with those traumatic experiences but yeah 2021 you guys we've been through too much and some people have been through a lot of stuff like even more than that i know
0: sometimes though like
1: working with trauma patients what i like about it is
0: is how resilient you know not everybody has it but good lord sometimes the stuff that i hear i am just like amazed and i always try to remind people like wow just you've overcome so many things and Mm -hmm. look at that like um try to pull the positive out of it but um sometimes it can be debilitating you know for people that are constantly living in that um Mm -hmm. who have lived in it in their environment you know it's just it can be a mess
1: yeah because then right you're normal yeah is what then you try to recreate or you create for someone else which then brings you to possibly i know this isn't the definition of generational trauma but you can start to make it a generational trauma Mm -hmm. but right historically generational trauma you know we talk about the indigenous people that have been through so much and experienced so much um, and how that has affected every generation is I think along those lines of Mm -hmm. like resiliency but then also living this normal and your body physiologically wants to be at normal and you've increases cortisol and adrenaline levels and your new normal isn't what a normal normal yeah, is yeah absolutely and so like and there's
0: could, research out on yes. that too
1: so generational
0: trauma is a thing you can look up um and yes absolutely with um
1: i lost my thought here. creating the norm yeah of, sorry That's okay, but I think it's along the lines of creating your normal and, like, maybe recreating trauma in order to... Oh, this is what I wanted to say, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, So, if you grow... Even just growing up in a chaotic environment, okay, whether or not you experienced uh, emotional abuse, verbal abuse, physical abuse, or just one of those, or it was just unhealthy, it could have just been toxic, right? Yeah. You... That is that's trauma or it can be trauma right and whether you're cognizant of it or not you may recreate that in your relationships does that make sense yeah like that is also passing generation to generation not just the genetic component but like that we are trying to recreate that like how many times have you caught yourself like i've had two conversations just this month alone like do you realize that you were dating somebody that was just like your dad yeah. do you realize that that person was just like your mom who was the toxic you know what I mean yes, and so yeah. we do that and it takes us a little sometimes a little bit later in life um, to re- recognize that we are craving chaos if that's what we've known and yes. usually that has some sort of trauma. and everyone's
1: chaos looks different right yeah. so don't get sucked in this little bubble of like oh right. well I'm not recreating chaos because your chaos is like people running the streets wild yelling yeah. right when that's not because it it can be many different things, mm-hmm. which then I think brings us to some ways people can recreate that is by trauma bonding. Oh, yes, I love yes. talking about trauma, I bonding. know you do. And the first, I will admit it, the first time I had ever heard of this was when Caitlin and I had our first job <laughs> together. Not that we've held many together, <laughs> um, but I will consider this one of them. And then there was the one. Um, that we did work together when we first initially met and I had no idea about trauma bonding, but I think it's such an empowering, informative thing because when you understand trauma bonding, like I catch, I was catching myself, right. Mm -hmm. Or you're able to catch clients or you're able to catch the people that you're advocating for or supporting, like let's, let's dissolve or un discover whatever word I'm looking for why yes untangle why this is happening or why we're choosing Mm -hmm. these friends or why we're choosing this life so yeah talk to us about trauma bonding so trauma bonding
0: oftentimes we learn about it or see about it within relationships right so people are craving again whether it's conscious or unconscious what they kind of saw growing up in that environment on one hand they can say well I don't want to be like that right but then they're that's what they say but their choices reflect that they're looking for somebody with a similar wound right Mm -hmm. to bond with Mm -hmm. right and it's not a bad thing to connect to people right but you have to be very careful um so what can happen um i often think of i'm not gonna say but like that superstar um and there's like the six. Episode documentary about you know how it was used to manipulate young people. Mm-hmm. Well, look at me. I went through that too. Look at my. Tra- I'm so relatable, right? And mm-hmm. so oftentimes we we can fall into that trap, and then we fall into that like, that savior sort of complex. Well, oh, they they're the only person that understands me, mm-hmm. right? Um. So a lot of times with trauma bonding, it's it's kind of like fixing or saving, um, uh, whether that's yourself or the other person. Um, it can be very chaotic. Unpredictable, like a roller coaster of emotions. Now, again, that's not natural. Okay. Yeah. So we have to look, and so again, you have to you have to be very careful with the boundaries, the healthy versus the unhealthy lines that you see here. And am I really doing this for a trauma bond, right? Or is this a healthy person, or am I not healthy and I need to figure this out? Um, if this other person completes you, right? Um, that's not that's not healthy, that's not an authentic bond. Um, you want someone to enhance who you are and be Uh, equal partner Um, and instead of the chaotic or unpredictable you want safe you want steady and then consistent Um, instead of fix me save me it's learn with me and grow with me those are the things we should be looking for Um, oftentimes with trauma bonding you betray yourself um, all your needs just for love right oh yeah it very chaotic Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, this the authentic bond would really be doing the work on yourself and meeting your needs first yeah. Right? And then meeting that other person where they're at. Um, and then oftentimes trauma bonding is a, a relationship that mirrors the patterns of your childhood experience. Um, and then when an authentic bond would be based upon freedom, accountability, equality and healthiness. Yeah. 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 So trauma bonding happens way more than anybody wants to exist yeah. and oftentimes it's not realized until the relationship has fallen out right mm-hmm. and then one person is like whoa wait a second what happened here um and having to rework that but it's a real thing it can be really really dangerous um yeah. and it's important to understand uh, yourself and to know if you've done that
1: yeah and it's important to know that that relationship because i think those are good for like intimate relationships but to know like those relationships can happen at work with oh, a yeah. co-worker those can happen I think when we were at the shelter right understanding that clients who come in together mm-hmm. and I think that's what's so important of like if someone's unsure of how to have a bond with someone who's healthy because they're working on understanding healthy boundaries would be to find a group that's structured by a clinician or someone who's mm-hmm. qualified to do that because that's the safe boundary space to have that connection Mm -hmm. because you've experienced the same things but you're not taking it outside of that group setting and things aren't continuing out so that's where then you can continue to work on yourself and then you come back to relatable people where you feel comfortable and like you don't have to explain certain things to people and so i think that's where people get scared of groups because they think of na or they think about all these things you know but like there are groups, structured groups with clinicians or qualified individuals to help you through these situations where you can start to have those experiences because I think there is a lot of research with finding like not like-minded but people who have experienced the same thing as you Mm -hmm. and you having growth but i i think it's when you're ready with those healthy boundaries and you know how to maintain those so there's so many things that have to be correct like you want to have shared
0: experience yes and that's okay to connect with somebody who has a trauma similar to yours those are all okay things but what you need to ask yourself is this an authentic bond am i doing this to save them to save myself, right, or am I looking, you know, and so yes. that's where that healthiness can kind mm-hmm. of come into play.
1: So yeah, I appreciate you for telling me about <laughs> trauma bonding back in our day, our youthful young days of oh yeah, friendship and professionalism.
0: <laughs> no problem. I think it's important and, you know,
1: Um, Well, it's even like I just think of law enforcement again and coworkers, right? Like some people, you wouldn't be friends outside of this, but you're bonding together because of this. But this person doesn't match your morals. They don't match like how you would live your life normally. Mm -hmm. But you're doing it because you've experienced a shitty life on an eight-hour shift or plus daily. You Mm -hmm. know, but that could be anyone at any work, the freaking grocery store checker out or who has to deal with the old not the old people but the people who are just just give me my groceries or Mm -hmm. you know well
0: and a lot of this can can get really dicey too depending on your profession and then if you're burnt out right and then you create this trauma bond and then you might make a choice that you wouldn't have done before and so I mean it's just it's important to recognize it and to understand it
1: yeah All right.
0: next up on trauma
1: yes I was going to say we talk about healing is not linear but I think we did touch on it Mm -hmm. um
0: so it, this process, the truth is is it's messy. Yeah, it's like know? a
1: zigzag, back and forth, one step forward, five steps back to do four more steps forward. Yep.
0: Every time you make progress, right, and what I look at it as another door opens... Right, that we need to process through. It really is sort of this endless thing, and that's not to deter people. That's just to be real. Mm -hmm. Now, is the outcome worth it? Absolutely. Uh, But because it's twenty twenty
1: one, bitches. Just Um, kidding. But
0: I mean, your best investment is going to be in yourself. So you might as well figure it out, right? You Mm -hmm. can't just be good twenty four seven or positive twenty four seven. You got to dig stuff up and process through it. And so that's how I kind of look at it. Um, when I'm working with patients, but the truth is, is it, it sucks at times yes. for sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, all right it's different everybody experiences it so if you're asking yourself "Hmm, have i had a trauma what i would or
1: <laughs> do i have a trauma to work do i through? have trauma what built i would up. ask you
0: to think about really is tap into your symptoms right are you experiencing anxious depressed depressive symptoms not that that has to come from a trauma mm-hmm. but it could right um lots of irritability loss of interest in things motivation um decrease concentration uh, if you're dissociating like a lot right so some yeah. level of
1: Can you di- define dissociation yeah, for people? Yeah so
0: when i think about dissociation i think about you being in your body yet kind of having this outer part of your body right so like you're there but you're not present mm-hmm. so we dissociate on many levels um and it, it's oh, yeah, we it, did
1: define this a few yeah, times yeah
0: it's back, o- but... it's okay to do it but you come back to yourself now long dissociations would be like I look at it like you looking at yourself from the outside, but like you're sitting here. Okay. Um, So if you're Mm -hmm. doing that often, right, as a way to cope, that could be a sign. Um, So insomnia, like emotional overwhelm could be just, you know, that roller coaster of emotions that, you know, you used to, used to, I have in quotes here, be able to handle, right? And now all of a sudden it's unmanageable. Yeah. Um, loss of sense of the future or hopelessness absolutely, shame and worthlessness, um, little or no memories, uh, that can be part of a trauma, nightmares, flashbacks that's one that we're pretty good at recognizing but also can be a very telltale sign, Um, smell is huge, we forget about our five senses but uh, that is another big one Um, I'm also EMDR trained so it's really tapping into your body as well and we trap emotions in our body so looking at your illnesses or your pains could also be part of that Um, hypervigilance or mistrust um, different types of disorders, chronic pain or headaches, um, negative coping, such as substance abuse or eating disorders, could also stem from a trauma. Um, feeling unreal or out of your body, which again really is a lot of dissociating. Um, so, you know, in that the self destructive behavior is another sign.
1: Yeah, and that's just not like self harm. That's like sexual partners increase. Mm-hmm. That's. Um like substance abuse, like we talked about, but that's also like sometimes like seatbelt wearing mm-hmm. or like things that are normal safety things that you were doing, but now you see no value in doing yeah. um, are definitely some of those.
0: So self sabotaging behavior, which mm-hmm. could go with the self destructive. And then also a, a loss of, or a sense of who am I, right? Mm-hmm. Like what is going on here? Um, so those are kind of all things that would lead you in the direction um, that you could tap into as far as symptoms and think about do I need to connect with somebody to work through this stuff
1: yeah because it's just super important to have I think that person who's Mm non-judgmental not in your everyday life you know is that um the word I'm looking for I have lost Um, but I'm thinking of like tug of war, which is that really neutral, I think that's what I was looking for, okay. person who is going to call you out on something or allow for you to see, like, hey, we need to address this, you mm-hmm. know, instead of someone else who maybe sees you on a regular basis, such as, like, oh, I'm going to talk about my friend with my trauma, you know, mm-hmm. it might not be totally effective. But... Yeah.
0: Well, and tapping into the symptoms, of, you know, you could all of a sudden come to a therapist and be presenting with anxiety, right? And then all of a sudden discover where that anxiety is stemming from. Yes. And it could be a trauma or past history or something Um, yeah so yeah uh I think it's important just to connect or read about it if that helps if you're not comfortable going to a clinician
1: and I think our last thought that we need to talk about is like because people experience life differently but what happens if you have a friend who is experiencing trauma or you're with someone who has experienced trauma yeah and like being supportive of them because I think there is that enablement parts piece of like and then there's also that supportive piece of someone. So, I don't know. Do you have anything that you'd like to say in that or... well remember you can't take on other people's trauma right. or you shouldn't yes you can't fix other
0: people so what mm-hmm. I would encourage people to do is tap into their authentic self um, since we and recognize we've all experienced trauma on some level so mm-hmm. you are going to connect to people and maybe not their specific trauma but you are walking around other people who are experiencing trauma yes and that's part of being trauma informed yes. but what I would say is tap into that and just be supportive you know, um, having that shoulder to cry on, to lean on, or just someone to talk to, right? Mm -hmm. And I think oftentimes we get so, we make it harder than it has to be in the sense that we're trying to fix it, Mm -hmm. but oftentimes people just want to be heard, and Mm -hmm. what I encourage people to do is say, do you want me to respond? or do you want me to have a solution for you or do you just want me to listen and lay though have that effective communication laid out so you know your role and then if they want resources connect with somebody that you know right connect with me um find resources together mm-hmm. like just more of being the support and not trying to problem solve. I think that would be the biggest piece
1: yeah and I think also being that person on the outside realizing that like it can be traumatic for you to also be that person who just listens repeatedly yeah and to have it's okay to have that boundary to say I can't be this person anymore. Can I help you find someone else or, you know, something along those lines? Because it's okay for you to also have that boundary because it could be re-triggering to a trauma that you may not know as well. Well, that's, and
0: that also, that's what secondary trauma is, right? And so as clinicians, we're trained in it, but yes,
1: you guys are. a uh, supportive person on the outside of someone, yes. And that's
0: where, I mean, tapping into not taking their stuff on. Are you trying to fix theirs? And that's like that authentic bond versus the trauma. Bonds, and so it would be just tapping into the
1: those things is what I would say. Yeah, absolutely. But I know people have questions about trauma all the time and experience it, and so right, reach out definitely, absolutely. Uh, If you need any further clarification, definitely reach out. I'm sure that when we get some different things up and running in our life, we could have resources or lists. You know, Mm -hmm. there are some really great books. Um, that people can read but what i always say on that is you got to look at the sources and you got to take it as kind of face value and understand that everyone's research and experiences leads them to different things and so you have to understand that some things might be beneficial and some information might not be but i think that when people understand trauma it's so much easier for them to heal. Because Mm -hmm. I think you give yourself grace with some things in the process of it not being linear and it going one step forward, four steps back.
0: Well, and when you're ready to take the leap to work with a clinician, you want to find one that's uh, trauma-informed. Not only is trauma-informed, trauma-trained, I would say. Because the modalities that they use can be specifically targeted towards that, right? Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy, dialectical behavioral therapy. Like I said, I'm EMDR-trained. There's so many more out there, and so... it it can really help you heal quicker, potentially, or um, when you're working with the right modalities, the evidence-based research that's out there. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So that's all I got on trauma. (laughs) I know. Well, let us know if you have any questions, and we'll just kind of go from there. All right, thanks. Thank you. Bye. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to us and hope that you learned a few things.
1: The importance of mental health issues continues to grow, and we hope we shed some light on topics that are important to you while also fucking some shit up.
0: <laughs> All right, let us know what topics you would want to learn more about and email us at tea time psycho at gmail.com. Again, that's tea time psycho at gmail.com. Thank, Thank
1: you. you.